Centuries of freedom have taught us to think in terms of continuous improvement of an always better future. Hello and welcome to the Decrypting Crypto podcast. I'm Matthew Howes-Barbie and today we're going to be talking about everybody's favorite topic, taxes. Uh, yes, you have to pay taxes on crypto. Yes, cryptocurrencies and any transactions on the blockchain are the worst place to avoid paying any taxes. So yes, you should listen to the advice in this episode. Now, we last covered taxes around cryptocurrencies on the podcast back in 2018. And wow, things have changed a lot since then, both on the taxation side of things, but also on just the variety of different activities that can be carried out within crypto that create tax events. So today I'm speaking with Shehan Chandrasekara from Cointracker, a tax tool that I've used for quite some time and uh, and love, but we dig into a whole host of different things. So we're going to talk about how to treat things like staking rewards, airdrops, wrapping tokens like wrapping ETH into wrapped ETH, uh, NFTs, and a whole host of other things. We're talking through the lens of US taxes because I think it's the most uh, commonly adopted and for a lot of the listeners here, you're going to be based in the US. But I touch on things a little bit about the difference that are uh, present in the UK and in other areas as well. So just something to to be aware of. But for anyone that's doing any kind of activity, even if you know uh, a lot of stuff, Shehan is a, an expert in tax planning for crypto. So you're going to probably learn at least one or two things, or at least give you a good prompt to start organizing your activity a little better. So we'll dive straight into the interview with Shehan right after this. If you're struggling to get your head around the complexity of decentralized finance, I have something just for you. Decrypting DeFi is an online course where I walk you through all of the important concepts within DeFi and share step-by-step tutorials on how to start generating income from your crypto assets. Whether you're interested in this from an investment point of view or just want to better understand how things like yield farming, liquidity mining, and staking works, the course will have something for you. Head over to mhb.xyz forward slash DeFi to learn more. Shehan, welcome to the show. It's uh, it's a pleasure to have you on, and I think we're going to be covering some topics that are incredibly important for anyone investing, participating in in crypto as a as a whole. But why don't we why don't we just start with the basics here? What what would you say are some of the more common taxable events that occur for the everyday kind of crypto investor that people should just be very mindful of? Yeah, sure. Uh, thanks for having me, by the way. Uh, so there are five taxable events that uh, yeah, people need to think about. Uh, so let me kind of go over them one by one. Uh, so number one, cashing up. Pretty self-explanatory. You know, you got a Bitcoin for 10000 You're selling it for 4000 Now you have a taxable event. Uh, number two is when you convert one cryptocurrency to another. In other words, you have, let's say, 
Bitcoin and you're using Bitcoin to buy Ethereum or you're using Ethereum to buy something else. So that's a crypto, crypto trade and debt previous taxes. Uh, number three uh, is when you spend cryptocurrencies to buy a good or service. You know, say you're spending your Bitcoin and buying a Tesla, that triggers a taxable event. Um, number four is when you earn cryptocurrency. Uh, there are multiple ways to earn cryptocurrencies. It could be through wages that you receive from your employer, it could be mining income, staking income, any capital reward that you receive. Uh, those cryptocurrency you know, earning uh, in streams are taxable. Uh, and, and then the final one is when you uh, get cryptocurrency through some type of a hard fork. Uh, I mean, we are not seeing hard forks in a very frequently these days. Uh, but if you ever go to a hard fork and receive new coins, that's a taxable event. Uh, and, and a sub part of that is is an airdrop. And airdrops are becoming more and more common these days. Uh, if you receive free coins with some type of value, uh, that's a taxable event. So, so those are the five situations that you need to to know. And if you uh, go to any of those five situations, you would have a tax liability. Okay, so yeah, and I think we're gonna we're gonna dig into a few of those in in more detail shortly. I, I want to caveat some of this as well with the fact that everything that we're going to talk about to here uh, today is through the lens of the current U.S. Uh, tax laws. So for any of our non-U.S. listeners, it's really important to bear in mind that there is going to be nuance. I'm based in the U.K. and the slight differences between U.S. tax and then uh, the U.K. side of things. So just bear that in mind. So w- with that kind of brief disclaimer out of the way, Shane, what what would you say, before we get into some of the specifics, someone who's just getting started investing in crypto, what would you recommend that they have in place when it comes to tax planning? Yeah, so uh, so just, I would say, first of all, just know those five situations. Uh, and let me explain, I guess, several situations where that you don't have any tax liability. And you know, knowing those situations are important as well. Uh, so, if you're merely buying cryptocurrencies using US dollars and not doing anything with that after after you purchase them, there's there's no taxable event for you. So you're completely fine in that scenario. Uh, the second scenario you don't have to worry about any time of taxes is when you transfer your coins from one wallet or exchange that you own to another wallet or exchange that you own. So, I mean, you could be transferring millions of dollars, uh, you know, in between, you know, the exchanges that you want, and there's no taxes to be paid. So, I would say, first of all, know those five taxable events, and then know those events where you don't have any taxes. Uh, and after that, just figure out, okay, did I go through any taxable events? If that's the case, it is your responsibility to figure out the, the taxes. In order for you to figure out the taxes, you need to know multiple things. You need to know uh, when you purchased those coins, when you sold them, uh, at the time you purchased them, what was the price of that coin? We call it the cost basis. Uh, next, you need to know the, the market value of the coin at the time you sold it. Uh, so there are many data points that you need to know. And things get super complicated, especially if you have multiple coins uh, purchased at different times and different prices spread across multiple wallets and exchanges. Uh, so when you have a scenario, it's really hard to figure out the you know, the tax uh, liability coming out of those transactions. Um, 
So, and unfortunately, you cannot rely on the exchange that you work with because exchange cannot give you uh, any type of uh, you know tax forms for you to figure out the taxable liability either, because exchange only has visibility into what you're doing inside that exchange. Uh, but in order for you to figure out your correct tax profile, you need to combine everything that's going in your tax profile. Uh, so that's where you know tools like you know CoinTracker can uh, come in handy. So you can connect your wallets and exchanges to an aggregator like CoinTracker, and uh, CoinTracker can generate uh, tax reports for you uh, by you know looking at your all your transfers by taking into uh, the, the values and everything into account. Yeah, I'm a. I, I know obviously your 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 role is within Coin Tracker. I'm I'm a Coin Tracker customer and have been for a long time. I, I I absolutely love the product. It takes a ton of headaches off of my plate. Um, I I guess the uh, the question I would put to to you is for most individuals that are maybe not doing things like liquidity mining and more advanced DeFi activities. They're just simply trading uh cryptocurrencies buying selling for for a profit in a more simple sense do you think platforms like coin tracker and others are enough or would you say that you always still want to be working with a cpa on, on top of that um i think you know so first of all if you have crypto uh you need some type of platform like coin tracker to, to reconcile your crypto activity uh, that's essential because even if you go for like a CPA, uh, you know, they're not going to spend their valuable time, you know, uh, doing this, you know, tracking and, you know, taking and tying type of things because that's not the best use of their time. So if you have crypto, I would start with a tool like CoinTracker. And after you have the report, then it's up to you. You can, after you have the report, you can go for a CPA uh, and, you know, submit your forms and say, hey, uh, these are my crypto tax forms. Uh, you know, can you file uh, this with the IRS for me? Or if, you, you know, if you're a little bit tax savvy person, you can take those crypto tax reports to a DIY software like TurboTax uh, and, and you know, do uh, like self-filing. Uh, so CoinTracker has, has a direct partnership with TurboTax. So if, you, if you're a TurboTax user, uh, the, the experience is pretty seamless uh, for you to file um, your crypto taxes through TurboTax using the contractor reports. Oh, nice. So that's, yeah, that is very nice and simple. Um, okay, well, why don't, we, why don't we start digging into some of the, the more complicated areas? And um, you mentioned airdrops earlier. I, I think this is a, an interesting one that I think there's a lot of general confusion that I see. I know that uh, m- most notably there's been a, Pretty significant airdrop that's happened for all Board Ape um, Yacht Club NFT owners recently. Some people receiving kind of current value, like eighty thousand dollars worth of Ape tokens. Can you just talk us about how those airdrops are taxed? Because from my understanding, you know, you've got like an income tax liability as well as any future potential capital gains or losses, right? Yeah, so Iris uh, issued this guidance uh, in 2019. Uh, it's called 2019-24 Revenue Ruling, uh, which kind of describes, uh, you know, airdrops and how they should be taxed. So the idea is that uh, whenever you receive those airdrop coins and, and you have dominion and control over those tokens, uh, in other words, 
um, you know, you have the ability to move around the token or you have the ability to dispose of them, uh, at the time you gain the dominion control, that triggers a taxable event. Uh, so let me give you an example. So you mentioned about the eight coin, uh, say today I received uh, one eight coin uh, at the time it hit my wallet, uh, it's worth, uh, let's say $10,000. So I now have to pay taxes on $10,000. Uh, that's subject to you know, ordering income taxes. So let's say in two months from today, I'm selling that eight coin for 50,000. Uh, at that point, I have to pay taxes on $40,000, uh, difference between 50,000 and 10,000 uh, when I later sell. Of course, if uh, the price has gone down, let's say two months from today, I'm selling my coin for you know two thousand. Then obviously I can uh, write off that eight thousand dollar loss, subject to some limitations. Right, and that's where it feels like there's significant risk for people in in my mind. Because, like you say, if we if we receive a ten thousand dollar airdrop today, I've got my income tax liability, which I'm going to be paying on that. And let's say that. For example, in the UK, right, if I'm a higher tax rate uh, individual, that's 45% tax straight away, 4500 on that USD value. Now, if I if I don't kind of sell any of my ApeCoin to cover that, and then the ApeCoin drops to, yeah, you say 2000 in the future, and that's when I sell, I'm going to be out of pocket, right? Because I can write off those losses as a capital loss, but I'd, am I right in thinking I would still be liable to pay that income tax, irrespective of the fact that that token price has gone down when I sold it? Yeah, I mean, technically, yes. So that's why it's best practice uh, for you to uh, set aside at least, you know, uh, 20% uh, in like a stable coin or, you know, or fiat currency to cover the tax liability related to that 10,000 uh, as soon as you, as soon as the, the coin hits your wallet. Um, so I mean that's that's what I can recommend. Uh, so that way you know you're not getting into trouble when it comes to coming up with cash uh, to pay the related tax liability towards the end of the year. Right. And what about the airdrops that I, I, I get a ton of these? I'm sure many other of of our listeners you probably get these yourself, Shans. Like these random, just unsolicited, kind of somewhat spammy airdrops that that hit your wallet. Are we are we still uh, irrespective of whether they're solicited or, or not, uh, are they still liable for, for income tax or is there some nuance there? Yeah, I mean, if you, if you follow the principles uh, that the IRS has given us, uh, you have a taxable event when you have dominion and control. So, for example, okay. let's say, uh, you know, I open up my wallet tomorrow and I find out I have, you know, thousand uh dollars worth of like you know some some random coin um in that case you know if i had the control over it i mean i do in this case because it's in my wallet so i can move it around i can sell it i do have a uh taxable event uh now if you don't want that to hit your tax profile what you can do is you can uh you know send it to like uh, some type of knowledge or some kind of kind of dispose it at a zero cost um, oh, if the price, the value has gone up, then you can dispose it. So that way, you know, you can kind of offset that income with the, the loss that you create. 
Got it. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So you can effectively just dispose of that by sending it to, yeah, like 0x0000 and just uh, showing that you've just sent this to a, a burn address, basically, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And what about then a separate piece where I think there's been a lot of discussion, especially in the the US around the, uh, the guidance here, is staking rewards. Um, I know... There's been some sort of like precedent that's been set in uh, the case with, I think it was a couple in Florida, maybe, that um, kind of disputed being taxed, income tax on their staking rewards. So how, what's the guidance that we should follow today? And separately to that, do you think this is going to change much? Yeah, the, the reality is that Iris has no guidance on, on staking uh, income whatsoever. Uh, absence of any type of, you know, direct guidance, the conservative thing to do is uh, report staking rewards at the time you receive it as, as and, and, and report uh, income taxes on that. Um, so that's a reality. You know, there's no, nobody knows the guidance. Uh, and then, yes, there was a case about, uh, you know, some uh, couple from Tennessee who decided not to report staking income at the time you receive it. Uh, because they argued that you know, newly created property under the tax code is not taxed at the time you receive. Uh, just to give you some example, like uh, non-crypto related, uh, if you're if you're writing a book, like let's say you're an author, uh, you don't report a taxable income at the time you like you know done authoring that book. Like you you just literally create a new property, but you don't pay taxes when you're done writing that book. You pay taxes. When somebody buys that book, so they're arguing that you know staking tokens, uh, state tokens are newly created property, so it doesn't make sense to pay taxes at the time you receive it, uh, and they're totally fine paying taxes the day they sell it. Uh, but again, it's an ongoing court case. There has not been any precedent uh, set. Um, so if you ask, like you know, practitioners, you know, they would tell you to follow the the most conservative route, meaning, you know, report staking income at the time you receive it. Um, so you ask, you know, what's probably going to happen in the future. Uh, we don't know. I mean, I, I mean, it's an ongoing court case. Uh, I would not rely on on that court case um, and, and, you know, just just have that, you know, newly created property argument, which is an argument that makes sense. But the, the, the court case is not finalized yet for, for us to, uh, to rely on. Got it. And in the in the event that let's say the IRS issues future guidance that um, maybe does side with the the, the current court case, uh, or at least it's not a requirement to pay income tax on the staking rewards. If you have filed taxes with taking that into account, would it typically be um, the case where you would be able to claim like a, a, a rebate on those previous taxes or would it just be in effect from that day moving forward? Or, or don't we know? Uh, we don't know, uh, but most likely the IRS is introducing some type of uh, you know, new guidance. I don't think it's going to be active retroactively. Uh, it's going to be effective you know, from, from that point onwards. Got it. Okay. Um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of double double click on that one a little bit to to check in. Um, 
Okay, so what about, uh, I'm, I'm just going to like quick fire a few of the most common questions I get. What about wash sale rules um, that, that typically apply in like equities and securities trading? Um, does this, this extend to cryptocurrencies? Simple uh, answer as of, as of right now, uh, wash sale rule is not applicable to cryptocurrencies. Interesting. So things like, and, and this I guess is why things like tax loss harvesting is, is still so popular right now. Yeah, I mean, yes, I mean, taxes harvesting uh, is still doable, even if wash sale rule comes into the crypto world. Uh, but now, because we don't have to honor that, you know, 30 day before and after rule, you get to tax us harvest a little bit more aggressively uh, uh, than in, in stocks. Because in stocks, if you're selling something for a loss, uh, you got to wait 30 days before you buy back the, the identical stock uh, because you had to honor that wash sale rule. But in the crypto space, uh, it's not subject to the wash sale rule. So you can sell something at a loss. You don't necessarily have to wait 30 days to buy back the same coin in. You could maybe stay like, you know, one or two days. Uh, and buy back the same coin, and you can still claim that loss. Interesting. Um, that that is interesting. I think. <clears throat> do you imagine that might be something that will be ripe for change in the in the future? Uh, it's possible. I mean, this whole topic uh, came into discussion because uh, the, this this provision was added to this act called Build a Better America Act. Um, so the act had a provision that. Uh, subject the cryptocurrency into the to the wash sale rule. Uh, but the act didn't uh, get passed. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, uh, I can see this happening in the future, but I, I'm not sure when. Yeah, in in the UK, um, the the kind of 30 day rule uh, applies to cryptocurrency. And similarly, we have currently guidance that around staking rewards that they are to be taxed as income tax. I think we've got some current changes that are being proposed at the moment, but um, there's there's definitely some big, big differences um, in in the US right now and in the UK from that that respect. Um, one, one, one thing I uh, uh, made, uh, made a mistake too, and I I'm, I'm just want to double check on, on this one with you is, you know, <clears throat> wrapping tokens is pretty common now. So taking ETH and wrapping it into wrapped ETH. In my mind previously, you know, these are the same asset, but it would seem that, you know, they technically are different assets. So is something as simple as wrapping a token triggering a taxable event in that respect? Uh, again, this is another gray area that IRS has to give us any definitive answer on. So in situations like this, uh, we can take two approaches. So the conservative approach is um, to treat those two tokens as uh, two different coins. Uh, I know in, in doesn't make any sense or anything like that, but again, IRS hasn't given us anything and IRS could come in and say, hey, you had Ethereum and uh, and you did something, now you have you know wrapped Ethereum and wrapped Ethereum uh, itself can be traded. Uh, as a separate coin, uh, it's 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 a very different coin to Ethereum, and it means ours could tell like you, and and therefore you have to it, it, you should treat it as a crypto crypto, uh, trade. Uh, so that's a conservative approach, and conservative approach uh, is I mean it's not super favorable for you, but but you're just taking like you know very uh, safe route when it comes to you know approaching your taxes. 
Uh, For sure. And then the, the non-conservative route, again, I don't want to call this an aggressive route because it's, it's <laughs> not. I want to call this a non-conservative route, uh, is to treat it as a non-taxable event uh, because in, if you apply some of the, the previous tax laws and et cetera, you could argue that uh, an exchange has not occurred because you, you essentially and effectively have the same coin. Uh, you're merely adding like a new feature to the, the, to the, the coin that you have. Um, and, and obviously the prices are the same. Um, so you can argue that okay, you have the same coin and you had to uh, wrap this coin into, uh, you know, wrapped Ethereum. Uh, to enable like new features and etc. Again, this example is only for like you know Ethereum and wrapped Ethereum, or could be you know Bitcoin and wrapped Bitcoin. But there are so many other wrapping you know type of scenarios where uh, the transaction is leaning more towards a taxable side of things versus non-taxable uh, argument that we made. So you have to kind of analyze you know these transactions and protocols one by one and see exactly what's going on and figure out. Uh, you know, where you can make the stronger argument for, whether it's conservative route or the non-conservative route. Got it. It seems like in the absence of guidance, a lot of this is really around, yeah, how, what your, I guess, risk tolerance is in in this respect. Would that be accurate? Yeah, exactly. It's uh, everybody's, uh, you know, risk appetite when it comes to any tax matters. Uh, it's, it, it depends. Uh, so, uh, I would say in these type of scenarios, sure, you can rely on crypto tax software, but these are some of the unique situations where uh, that human input that you get from like a qualified CPA uh, or an accountant uh, matter a lot. Get it, got it. And uh, what, one of my final questions just on like our quick fires is uh, gas fees. How should, we, how should we look at gas fees, transaction costs? Are they just treated like a... An expense is that like a capital loss, or like how, how do we how do we account for that? So again, this is another gray area. Uh, and if you're asking a crypto tax question, uh, you know, gray is the most frequently seen color uh, because there's, <laughs> no, there's no black and whites in, in this space. Uh, so going back to the question, if you strictly apply what uh, Iris has told us, uh, gas fees. Is a situation where you're spending your Ethereum uh, for some type of transaction. And again, spending, uh, we spoke uh, in our first question, if you're spending some type of asset like Ethereum, that triggers a taxable event. So let's say, for example, I'm, I'm taking some big numbers and I guess we are not decide. Uh, let's say you had one Ethereum purchase for $2,000 and now it's 10000 and you're doing some transaction and you're spending this one Ethereum as gas fees. So yeah. in that scenario, you would have a capital gain coming out of that uh, gas fee transaction, uh, which is $8,000. Wow. Uh, so yeah, if you, again, if you strictly apply the tax rule and, and I would treat uh, gas fee is a separate transaction that has no connection to the, to, the, to the main transaction that you're executing, at least from the tax point. Because the main transaction, it could be you're transferring something from one wallet to another, you're buying something that you know has its own tax consequences. And then the second transaction is that you're spending a cryptocurrency uh, and, and triggering that gas fee. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So it seems, yeah, that seems incredibly gray. 
of all, of all the gray areas. I, it leaves me consistently confused as well. So let's talk about NFTs. The This is kind of the final area I'd really like to just touch on a little bit because I, I know there's been a lot of discussion in particular around like staking rewards and stuff in DeFi, but in NFTs, there's been a lot of news around like wash trading happening with NFTs. And so I, what I generally wanted to get from you is what do you think are some of the most important considerations with taxes today uh, on NFTs at this point, especially for people that are uh, speculating, investing in NFTs? Yeah, I mean, NFTs are text very similar to any type of coin. Um, so you have a purchase price, you have a sales price, you got to pay capital gain taxes based on the difference uh, if you make a profit. And uh, if you make a loss, then then you get to write it off. Um, uh, again, just make sure that, you know, you got to use a tool like CoinTracker to kind of calculate these things. Uh, because if you go to, to like, you know, OpenSea or other tools, they don't know what you're doing because these are platforms. These are not companies that track your transactions. You know, you merely connect your self-custody wallet and you do all your stuff. And uh, and if you if you are somebody who valued this you know whole uh, you know self custody nature of things, uh, the tax liability is something that you have to take responsible on as well. So I would start from there. Um, so that's uh, NFTs. The the other thing you, you mentioned about was the the wash sale. I think in case uh, when it comes to NFTs, I think a lot of people are kind of trying to play this game. Uh, you know, I see this on you know again and again on on, on social media. You, you buy an NFT, uh, and sometimes you know you know you open up a, another MetaMask wallet that 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 you own, and you're selling your coin to that wallet you know, to trigger artificial loss. Uh, and obviously, that's not a tax deduction because it's not a what's called like an arms length transaction. You know, you know you haven't effectively triggered any exchange uh, because you're selling it to yourself. Uh, so something to keep in mind that you cannot sell something at a loss to yourself and then create that, uh, you know, take that as a deduction. Uh, and if you intentionally try to do it in the millions of and millions of dollars, that, that could even lead to, uh, you know, fraudulent capital activities, so, which is not good. So, yeah, just something yeah. to keep in mind. Yeah, probably want to avoid tax fraud, I would say, is the takeaway from, from this point. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's not worth it. Uh, uh, I say this all the time. I mean, crypto uh, and even NFT, uh, there's are two asset classes, uh, diverse asset classes to evade taxes on because there's a permanent record about those transactions in the blockchain like forever. Uh, it's just a matter of, uh, you know, regulators kind of tying that uh, pseudonymous wallet or your identity into a real world identity. And after that, you cannot say that I didn't do it because it's cryptographically proven that you did it. So I would say stay away from using cryptocurrency to do any type of um, illegal activity uh, related to taxes. Well, Shahan, I, I think we can wrap things up there because I think we've covered so many things. Thank you so much for taking the time to explain all of this. I'm sure that over the coming year, there's going to be more and more changes that everyone has to stay on top of. But I think my main takeaway here was just having good tracking reporting in place um, and making sure when in doubt, probably just leaning a little bit more on the, the conservative side to, to play it safe. So thanks again, Shahan. Really appreciate it. And uh, all the best. 
Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode and want to show your appreciation, why not subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or your favorite podcasting platform and leave us a positive review. You want to catch up on all of the previous episodes? Why not visit decryptingcrypto.xyz, follow us on Twitter at decryptopodcast. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show or just want to leave us some personal feedback, email us at podcast at decryptingcrypto.xyz. The contents of the Decrypting Crypto podcast should not be used and are not intended as investment advice. Please do your own due diligence before making any investment, cryptocurrency or otherwise.